Welcome back to episode 192 of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. This is the podcast for building a global community around process safety and entries handling combustible dust. I'm your show host, Dr. Chris Cloney. In today's episode, we have an incident update on the 2021 flower dust explosion in Savannah, Georgia. So as you'll know from last week, these incident updates are shorter episodes. Where we're covering enhanced research that's been going on by our incident database team. So we have our road to zero mission to see one year zero fatalities worldwide by 2038. Our instant database is our measuring stick, and that's where we really evaluate, okay, what's happened every year? What kind of challenges are coming up at a systematic level in terms of combustible dust safety? Is one region of the world doing things in a different way and seeing successes at another region of the world or not, and vice versa? And as part of that, we've been really trying to double down this year on how can we make the instance that we're capturing in this database more valuable? And one of those is tracking the instance over time doing this, what we're calling enhanced research, where we're reaching out to gather, you know, fire marshal reports, detective investigations, legal follow-up with victims and survivors, just understand sort of the life cycle of these combustible incidents, then able to provide that information and feedback back to the community to better develop the challenges that we are looking to understand and develop, better develop the solutions moving forward. So in this podcast episode today, we're going to talk through this incident What do we know about the incident beforehand? What kind of questions were there still after the original reporting? What kind of information is available from the enhanced incident research that was completed? What do we learn from the investigation report and how can this be applied moving forward? So from this incident, a local news source reported that on September 14th, 2021, there's an explosion at a baked goods producer in Savannah, Georgia. This obviously sort of rang bells with our research team. Uh, this site was about 20 minutes away from the Imperial Sugar Refinery, which had, you know, the, the, one of the most infamous explosions in North America, at least in the last two decades, we'll say. In the local reporting, firefighters reported a, a quote-unquote small dust explosion, which occurred in the flower mixing room of the bakery, and damage was done to one wall, and two employees reported minor injuries after the explosion. So that was all the information that was available. Some of the, you know, general questions that were left unanswered were what type of equipment was involved in the incident, what was the ignition source and how the incident happened? And, and most importantly, how could this be prevented moving forward? What are some of these key takeaways? So in terms of the investigation report, this was the Savannah Fire Department incident number 21-8292. Did indicate this was a single story food processing plant and that when they arrived on scene, all fire had been extinguished by the suppression system of the plant. I believe that was just sort of your standard sprinklers. They note the explosion occurred in the sifting room and that the sifting room was a concrete block enclosure had a, a plastic curtain over the single exit. And this was reportedly to contain dust inside of the sifting room from getting out and migrating to, to other parts of the facility. There was charring on the wall directly across from this curtain. There's pressure wave damage to a roll-up metal door and a metal panel above another door was displaced in the outward direction, indicating pressure loads from a deflagration that occurred in the sifting room. When the investigators looked inside the sifting room, they found there was a large amount of flour and water existing in the sifting room. The electrical controls in the room, or at least some of them, were encased in a protective box in what appeared to be an explosion-proof housing. However, the investigator also notes that he photographed several electrical components within the room which showed damage or exposure and could be the ignition source. The investigator does not indicate, one, that the photos were not available, and two, it is unclear if the damage that he's talking about was from the explosion itself or existed before the incident had occurred. The outcome from the explosion, they had a, a video that showed that no one was in the vicinity of the production room immediately before the explosion. It does not say how the two workers were actually injured, the ones that were reported injured in the initial local news reporting. It does state that there was $25,000 in damages done. 
And he does state also in the investigation report that he's later contacted by maintenance and advised that they found a wire which appeared to have been mechanically damaged by a falling bag that showed electrical arching. He says that he was not able to get back on scene to confirm the report of this damaged cord. And so that was all the information available in the investigation report, sort of a, you know, a quick one, just a couple of paragraphs. But there are some interesting things we learned from getting this extra information. So it does sound like the facility had protection measures in place to prevent at least some ignition sources inside the sifting room and also to prevent migration of flower dust from outside the sifting room into the hallway and into other parts of the facility. It does sound like there may have been multiple potential ignition sources in the sifting room at the time of the incident from damaged or exposed uh, mechanical or electrical systems. Fortunately, workers were not in the vicinity at the time of the explosion, and that the explosion was isolated to the sifting room and that the suppression system extinguished the fire there before further damage occurred before the fire department team got there. Some of the takeaways then from this enhanced incident research and this incident update, we'll go through three of them. The first one is keeping employees away from high-risk areas. The second is the importance of inspection, ongoing maintenance checks. And the third is avoidance of dust migration. So on this first one, keeping employees away from high-risk areas. So this includes the areas themselves, you know, maybe outside, keep them out of the sifting room when it's in operation, we'll say. But also the hallways and adjacent areas is also really important. If a worker was, say, painting the wall outside of this sifting room when that explosion occurred and the fireball jetted outside the curtain and scorched the other side of the wall, which was the case in this explosion, that could severely injure that worker. We know that there was large pressure buildup, um, enough to bulge a, a metal roll door and, and also the casing of another door. So just having, you know, employees even not in the, the area that has the, the dust and ignition sources, and it's not clear if that was standard practice or not, but at least for the case that, that happened here, they were not in the vicinity. Keeping them away from these hallways, these adjacent areas is really important as well. The enhanced research also indicates this importance of inspection and ongoing maintenance checks. They did have electrical controls in them that were encased in protective boxes, what appeared to be explosion-proof housing. But they also had other electrical components that looked like they had damage or may have exposure and be able to arc. So this is something that needs to be part of a routine inspection program for ignition sources. Especially when you have all four sides of the exposed Pentagon and all you're missing is ignition sources. It's really important in that area, in that hazardous area, to ensure that you're not introducing ignition sources over time as systems degrade or as new types of equipment get involved in that process as well. So let's take away number two, the importance of inspection ongoing maintenance checks. And takeaway number three, and the, the last one here, is the avoidance of dust migration. So it is hard to say in this case whether or not employees were regularly in the sifting room or not. But the, the point I want to make here is that avoiding the migration of dust to other parts of the facility can really reduce the chance of having knock-on incidents, having an incident escalation. In this case, if they didn't have those curtains up or some way to segregate that room off, it could have been much worse. If this explosion had to propagate into an adjacent hallway that had dust accumulations in it, or that a false ceiling with dust above it, or another room that had more dust in it. This could have been, you know, quite a large explosion event, propagate other parts of the facility and could have injured employees in other parts of the facility as well. One kind of last note on this is just to be aware of cinder block walls. I've, I've seen this before where you build a really strong room to house the dust generating stuff and you think that it's really strong, so that's good. But if you have a strong dust explosion, in this case it didn't appear to be strong enough to blow out the walls and it had some sort of venting, but those cinder block walls aren't that strong. They'll fall over. If they do fall over, then the roof is going to come down. So if you build the way you think is a really strong room out of cinder block walls, and you do have a dust deflagration in that room, the walls can certainly fail, and they'll, they'll fail pretty spectacularly with these cinder blocks. 
So I've seen this sort of add a false sense of security. Sometimes you'll put the equipment in this, you know, small isolated cinder block room. It's still good to have a, a safety zone around that in case an explosion does happen when the walls fall over or the, the roof falls down as well. So that's sort of the last note here. This avoidance of dust migration is, is a really important aspect to avoid these knock-on effects. And then also the fire protection system or fire suppression system seem to have done this job here in terms of putting that fire out and, and not causing further damage to the facility. So that's it for this incident update on this 2021 flower dust explosion in Savannah, Georgia. We talked about what we knew about the incident beforehand some of the questions that were still there after the initial reporting about what type of equipment was involved, what was the ignition source, how the incident happened, how it could be prevented, what sort of information we received from the investigation report, and then what some of these key takeaways were. So we did learn that the explosion happened in the sifting room, that there were potential ignition sources in terms of exposure to electrical equipment and damaged cores and those sort of things. And we talked about some key takeaways here in terms of keep employees away from high-risk areas, the importance of inspection, ongoing maintenance, avoidance of dust and migration. There's probably some other key takeaways that you could take out of this incident as well. So as always, I want to say thank you for listening to the Dust Safety Science Podcast. I hope this was informative and helpful for your work moving forward. I hope you have a safe and productive week ahead, and thank you for everything you're doing in the industry's handling combustible dust, making them safer with the work you do every day. Thank you.